chasing it. The bounce sits up. The Dragons are steamrolling to week two of the finals. Inside the last 10 seconds of the game, St George, Illawarra to the death, trying. Brown goes to the air. Going back is Mabel. Oh, leaping high and taking it in marvellous fashion with Rod Wishart. He has scored an incredible try that ties this small game up. Bartram from 18 metres out. He strikes it nicely. St George Illawarra win for the first time in their premiership line. Here's Nathan Blacklock down the sideline. Chipping over the top of John Kane. Got a red surface bounce to win the game for the Dragons and book himself a New South Wales Blues origin jumper. Oh, yeah, it is all over the place at the moment for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. But how about what they did on Saturday night against the Dolphins in Wollongong in front of 16,000 fans? If you don't mind, it looked like a party down there in the Dragons. Um, up 12-8 at halftime, work to do. Of course, conceded the first try in the game. But what the Dragons did from there on, absolutely smoked the Dolphins. Smoked tuna, smoked fish, whatever you want to call it. The Dragons are back in a big way. And it's a massive swing from last week. And uh, some of the things um, we were forced to say about the team and their uh, performances in the last few weeks. But it uh, it certainly feels nice jumping in the, the seat again this week for Jack Clifton, who's still overseas, and, and be talking some positives. And, and, and you know, some obviously it, it makes us feel a bit better doing the podcast. And I'm sure Jack can agree to this if he uh, does get a chance to listen. It's a lot easier doing the podcast when the team's winning games. Uh, last week, we introduced you to the man behind the Rugby League, Rose Dean Messida, but because of some issues which we did touch on last week, we didn't get to um, redo our intro from um, the, the, the our first take. So, uh, Dean Messida, welcome back to you, mate. Uh, you must be very happy after a Dragons victory. Uh, what a what a what a change in one week. Can you believe the 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 side you saw compared to what you saw against Cronulla the week before? Thanks, Gus, for having me back on, mate. Mate, the week after win, as you said, yucks any fan. It's it's way better. You know, walking into work, walking into the shop, saying hello to everyone, everything just feels better. Uh, the food tastes better, drink tastes tastes better. It's just everything's everything's good after win. So I'm up and about. I'm flying at the moment after a huge win. That uh, I think one of the one of the uh, questions last week was um, how much are we going to be the the Dolphins by 20, 20 plus, plus. A- and I agreed with them and uh, yeah 20, <laughs> what was it 20, 28 in the end so uh, 26 so uh, mate very, very happy very up and about um, especially like we said after that Sharks Sharks game everyone was very you know every every day there was something in the papers about us the, the coach the players whatever it was mm. so it's good to actually have you know picking up the paper looking at the news websites without a Without a mention, I don't think I've seen the Dragons mentioned, apart from the positives about mm. the game um, since then. So it, it's good, mate. It's a good feeling. We we touched on the fact that we didn't get to kind of intro you, Dino. Um, obviously, lots of people know all about your social media channels and all that kind of stuff. But Dean Messer to the Dragons fan, tell me a little bit about that guy. Yeah, so um, when I was a young fella, um, I was my dad was a Dragons fan. My my pop was a a Bulldogs fan. So. I sort of never really had a team. I just sort of, you know, followed them. And it wasn't until one of the tallest men to ever play rugby league. And when, when I saw him as a kid, I thought he was an absolute giant in uh, Scotty Goulet. He came out to the Central West and ran a, a footy tournament. And it was one of the first times I sort of picked up a footy. And 
uh, played apart from the backyard with the with the brothers and things like that. Uh, first time I sort of played a game uh, with my mates, and it was uh, Scotty. He'd come down and, and ran this tournament. Uh, played that. Uh, got a photo with him in the end, which I still have. And I just then got, remember going back and seeing this guy on TV and just thinking, oh, my God, I've seen this giant. Now he's running around, like, just running over people. So had this um, had this thing for, for Scotty Goulet as a kid, obviously played for the Dragons in the, mm. the 90s in their grand finals and, and things like that. And that's when I sort of first started watching him. So, yeah, I've uh, been on the Dragons ever since, stuck with them through the, the, the merger. I uh, was never going to jump off. And, yeah, it's been a up and down 30 odd years mm. but uh happy happy to be here. yeah and and uh i'm pretty sure too his old man played through that that 11 straight era or was a, a part of that kind of timeline i think uh yep. robin Goulet, i think it was so now good stuff dane and, and great to have you back on of course as we said uh and just at, sorry i'll just yeah, interrupt just real quick i have to throw this in only because you brought it up my great uncle brian messeter was a winger in the 1959 dragon side he you don't uh he say. Filled, yeah, he filled in for. Um, he played, I think, about fifty odd games. Played in a in a couple of about three seasons with the Dragons. Played in that one grand final. So I've actually got a jersey where they had all that. the. No, no, yeah. Um, I've actually got a jersey uh, with all the names of all the players uh, they've ever played with the club, and mm. uh, his name his name's on there. So yeah, uh, just a little little bit of another reason why I sort of you know follow the Dragons as well. He might, he might. I, I don't know if he's still with us, Dean. But uh, is he? With he is. Uh, yeah. I think he's down, down, down in uh, Wollongong area, Kaima. Yeah. Okay. Well, he might actually know my pop, Dan Sharp, um, who played lower grades at the Dragons, and actually just I just reconnected with Steve Sharp, who's the the Parramatta legend and, and my mum's first cousin. I haven't spoken to him personally, I think, ever in my life, and um, he actually spoke about Dan Sharp, and I've got one of um, Pop's lower grade Dragons jerseys somewhere too. So. Yeah, small oh, there world. You go. Yep. Small there you world. Go. Yeah, very small world. All yeah. right, let's move on. It's episode 168 of the Red V podcast. A great week to be a Dragons fan. So uh, enjoy it out there, Dragons fans. And uh, hopefully there's another win for you coming up this weekend against the, tit- the, uh, the Titans who you've already beaten so far in 2023. Let's move on now. News and updates, episode 168 of the Red V podcast. As a, as a neutral, Dino, and, and you, um, from what you tell me, have not seen the article yet, but after the Big Dragons performance on Saturday night down in Wollongong, Blake Laurie, the uh, the little cult hero, the little red train that just choo-choos away, he's calling, he, he's predicting that all the Dragons are shooting for a top four finish. We want to finish top four. Um, might be a little bit of a stretch, but if you don't aim high... You, you know, you, you, you're never going to get it. You're never going to make it. So just really quickly, um, I'm just going to find the uh, the quote here. Uh, obviously, the last 10 minutes against the Broncos was really disappointing, and the second half against the Sharks was disgraceful. That's not us, and that's not our standards. If we stick to our game plan, we can win games because the Dolphins are no slouches in the comp. Their first four or five weeks have been outstanding. Uh, he goes on to say... Uh, that is the minimum standard. Uh, so he's talking about the the victory over the Dolphins. We have more steps to go. It's a good step in the right direction. It was good, convincing win, and to keep them to 12 points, it was very convincing. Uh, and he goes on to say our, our target is to finish in the top four. I don't know what they're paying to finish top four, Dino, but as an actual Dragons fan, I'll throw this to you. Is that 
is that goal achievable or is should the standard be that we're hearing Dragons players in the media talking themselves up like that, which is good? I'll start by saying this. If, if I come on um, this podcast each week and don't sing the praises of Blake Laurie, then I'm not doing my job correctly because he's one of my favourite players at the moment. He's outstanding um, playing uh, top-level footy for us. Um, well, it, make, it, yeah, it gives everyone like us a dream that we can still make it in the in the big leagues with a, a rig it, like that. He's a goer. He, it does, it doesn't. It? You look at him, you just go, I don't know, it reminds me of some of the, the, the props and, and forwards we had, you know, those early 2000s. Um, uh, just, you know, the way he plays the game, just no no nonsense, just does his job. And, and I just love that about him. And, you know, top five, well, he could even be top three uh, try scorers for the Dragons at the moment this year. So uh, not far to go until he breaks that all-time scoring record. But what he's uh, saying, top four, look, if you're not, as a player, if you're not aiming for top four finish, grand final every year, then you're not really thinking in the right direction, are you? So I love the optimism of, of it. Um, you know, we're, I suppose we're a bit more cynical and critical that, you know, we, we look at it and go, oh, shit, you know, is top four achievable? Like, top eight for me would be a win. Um, but is top four still achievable? Like, you know, we're only, what, five rounds in, they're, they're one win off it. Like, I know that's early talk, but a uh, long, long way to go. But you've got to be thinking, you've got to have that mindset of, you know, yeah, we're aiming for a top four. And if that's what he's saying, that's obviously what the team's saying. Um, I like the thinking. I like it. Um, I love the optimism. Yeah, and, and to me, though, uh, before I start believing stuff like that is, I need to see the Dragons play for 80 minutes against the, the, the big teams like the Broncos, who they, they kind of fell away. But that, to me, is the signs of a, a very young side that's very confident in their ability to score tries and, and um, play good football. But when it comes to the, the nitty-gritty, uh, maybe you know young sides like that fall away a little bit. But let's move on. Wayne Bennett, the former Dragons coach, who famously coached the Dragons to the 2010 Premiership, now the coach of the Dolphins, after the loss on Saturday night against the Dragons in Wollongong. Uh, very keen on relinking with Jaden Sewer, um, who Bennett has coached at the Broncos and then at the Rabbitohs as well. Um, this probably wouldn't have made news and updates on the Red Bee podcast last year. Um, just uh, guessing, you know, how, how Jack works. and um, Because Sewer was, wasn't much, he wasn't much chopped last year for the Dragons for different reasons. Uh, went away to the World Cup and absolutely killed him. He's come back and he's playing some good football. So, Jaden Sewer is the type of guy Wayne Bennett likes, and you could see him slipping straight into that Dolphin system. But at the moment, um, if you're the Dragons, you're probably saying, "Well, hang on a minute, we want to see what he can do for us." And and if you keep performing, you've got another contract. Hundred um, percent. I I thought when you know he was up for grabs a couple of years ago before he came came to us that. Um, Someone was someone was after him. I thought it might have been the, the Dolphins. Mm. Like when even when they first signed him, um, Bennett was interested. So it's you know I don't think it's any surprise that these sort of talks have come back up again. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's playing some great football. I, I really hope. Um, you know, I'm not sure what we what we're paying him, but hopefully we can you know keep him fitting in because I do want to see some you know what he can do over this this year if if. You know, the way Blake's talk, talking and the forward pack, they're, they're all believing in this. We've got some great forwards in, in playing some great footy. So I do want to see what he does for the rest of the year. Um, and, and hopefully we can hang on to him. NRLW News and Kezi Apps, who um, realistically, when you when you look at stars of the club, women or men the last couple of years, you, you've got Ben Hunt, uh, you know, up on a 
on a mantle. But if you look at the the next rung down of uh, players, male or female, that that have kept the dragons on the map per se and, and grown the women's game, particularly as a uh, as a, a junior or, or a local you know kind of celebrity as well. Kezi Atz is defecting to the West Tigers for the new NRLW season. That's a big loss for the Dragons and, and um, uh, a rare victory for, for West Tigers. Um, and there is uh, some some feedback online that the Dragons are... Yes, Jamie Seald's all over Twitter and, and all that kind of stuff, and he's doing his best to promote his team and with new signings and stuff like that. And they've done pretty well, but Kezi Apps, that's a, that's a big loss on and off the field for the Dragons, particularly as they try to grow the, the, the women's game as well. I was devastated when I heard this because... Um... Now, she's obviously, you know, a massive leader, just not in, in our club, but in New South Wales and, and Australia as well. So um, not only you're losing a player, you're losing a leader of, of some of these young girls coming through. So, yeah, devastated at this and, and not sure. Like, I know these new, new clubs coming through in, in the NRLW that, uh, you know, got a little bit more cash to splash around and, and things like that. And we've, you know, got a, a call we've got to look after as well. So, um, but yeah, look, as a Dragons fan, very devastated hearing this one all right let's get into team list tuesday the dragons team is out for the round six fixture against the gold coast titans um i guess in the old days you'd say the match of the day because it's live on channel nine but uh I, I guess with ratings the way it is and so many different uh news out or media outlets covering the games it's a little bit different these days but they'll be all over national television this sunday against the gold coast titans a team they've already beaten so far in 2023 for me most exciting for the dragons is yes it's the same 17 but jacob little will start the game for the dragons this weekend in what i am predicting to be a very open game of football very entertaining we could see 60 odd points um covering both teams and and amon keep his spot at 58 so no room for sullivan you, you can't change a winning team but I love the fact that um, Griffin has finally said, look, Jacob Little, you got the runs in the legs. You've been one of our best players, if not our best players so far this season. I, I'm really excited to see what the Dragons can do from the first minute, let alone what, uh, you know, waiting for Little to get on and twiddling me thumbs until the 25th minute. This this could be very exciting on Sunday for the Dragons if Little continues to play the way he has to start this year. Well, um, I, I saw that today and I was like, you would have to be over the moon about that. Um, but also last week when you know he they swapped it around, we, we, I think either you you or I mentioned it, saying I'd love to see that swap right before to get him on the field to start mm, the game mm. last week, and we'll touch on that later on. But this week actually starting the game in the number nine, you know, barring Hook doing it again and swapping <laughs> it and starting Empire, very Griffin like, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? So, um, but yeah, look, I, I thought he's fantastic. Um, like you said, he's one of our best players, and last week he was fantastic in that first. Uh, 50 minutes he played, scoring a try and, and um, you know, just creating space. So, very excited for that as well. Um, I know, you know, the Titans are without a couple. I think uh, Foran and AJ Brimson are out. So, um, and we'll get on, you know, the review and preview shortly. But, yeah, look, you can't, like you said, you can't change the winning team. So, mm. uh, kept that same squad and, you know, let's hope they can do the job again. Lower grade results for the Dragons Club right across the board. New South Wales Cup, 26 all draw with the Parramatta Reels. Pretty close weekend, some of these games. In the Jersey flag, Parramatta 32 defeated the Dragons 16. In the Women's Premiership, the Steelers 24 defeated the Sharks 22. South 24, too good for St. George 4. Uh, SG Ball, South 22, uh, St. George 24. I don't know why I've done it like that. The Dragons got up. Steelers 30 defeated the Sharks 8. 
in the Harold Mats. St. George 30, South City 24, and Cronulla 12, the Steelers 8. Uh, before we get into the match review and, and talk about how good the Dragons were against the Dolphins, we do have the Who Am I for this week, and I, I do believe that um, after giving you all the the, um, the the clues last week, just completely forgot to uh, uh, announce who it was. So we'll, we'll, I'll try to remember this week. Uh, the Who Am I? I for did this remember. Week? I remember getting off the call. I'm like, I don't think Curtis <laughs> did the answer for that one. So I it might have just, to be a tweet at some stage. Oh, I was super keen to get off last week because it, it, it did get late into the night, and and I think it was about both, three hours we did. I think. Yeah, I, I don't know how much grog you went through, but I think we were both slurring our words a little bit by then last week. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's a story for another day. Uh, the Who Am I? So I'm going to just going to uh, hit you with a couple of points, and then we'll leave it for for everyone to try to work it out a little bit later. So limited in, in what I could work with here, but I've tried to be a little bit tricky with it. So try to read between the lines where you can. Um, who am I tonight? I, I played a tick over 40 first grade games. Of those games, I only once did I start in the halves, scored 20 tries in that time. Um, some would say an underrated outside back and unluckily missed a spot in the merged Dragon Steelers side. Uh, when the, the new club started in 99, and he's 47 years old. So that's the Who Am I for this week. And I, I wish I had more clues, but that's all I could find. So I'm sure everyone out there can work it out. Dino, you're probably um, smashing out the, uh, the Google <laughs> machine right now. But um... no, look, I, did, I didn't with this one. Um, I, I, I have no idea, but you'll get to it. But, yeah, I'm just trying to think, 22-year-old, half at um oh i didn't say he's know. a half though i said he played a starting game in the half no that's what i mean you played you played a starting game and outside back 20 try i'm just i'm trying to think but, but didn't make the merge um squad which mm. means hey it could be steelers or um or dragons so mm. you know I'm, I'm a bit lost here and i'm not going to cheat um but yeah I, I, I currently have no idea no fair enough and it, oh, can, I, can i just throw in something real quick yeah, as well only because i was doing this research Hunts, uh, the name Hunt in the. I just want to show you this little <laughs> trivia, and I'll I'll do the answer at the end. There, there have been there have been seven uh, players named Hunt in the last twenty five years, so the entire NRL yep. uh, before the you know before that ARL and obviously in SWRL. There have been seven players named Hunt. Uh, I actually won't do this as a trivia. I'll just tell you it's a little, good good little stat. Mm. Um, seven players with the last name Hunt. Four of them have played for the Dragons. Well. Wow. So over fifty percent of the players named Hunt have played for the is Dragons. This just, Jay- is, is this just Jaden Hunt? Yeah, yeah, just NRL. Jaden Hunt, Ben Hunt, Justin. Dan Hunt, and Justin Hunt have all played for the for the Dragons. And there's three others: Heimel Hunt, Carmichael Hunt, and Royce Hunt. So there's still a chance we could sign Heimel Hunt and Royce Hunt and have over not nearly ninety percent of <laughs> uh, over ninety percent of the uh, Hunts played for the St George Laura Dragons. So. Oh. A random stat there for you. I'm just sitting here thinking: the more times you say "hunt," mm. the closer you get to saying the wrong thing. But correct, yeah, a, a pack of good hunts there. I thought I did, I thought I did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on now. We have got a match review to do: Dragons and the Dolphins from Round Five. A big victory for the Dragons in front of 16,000 plus fans down in Wollongong. We'll get to that next on episode 168 of the Red V Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, 30, oh, 38 uh, points to 12 in front of 16,472 fans down in Wollongong, which I thought was a great crowd considering what uh, the Dragons have outlaid the last couple of weeks anyway. So 
um, to those Wollongong fans, the South Coast fans, and also anyone that trekked down, um, I guess it, it's down the, the Princess Highway and um, through the, the rainforest there, I guess, isn't it? It's not the other way. So, no, um, good luck to everyone that, that showed up and well-deserved victory, and I'm sure those fans would have been flowing out of the ground on Saturday night into the Steelers Club and um, the surrounding pubs around Wollongong and getting into the schooners because that was a, a great performance. And and I love the fact that uh, the, the Dolphins started well. They scored first, and, and it was still tied at, at halftime, 12-8. So there were still um, barriers for the or hurdles for the Dragons to overcome to, to earn the right to, to score the points they did. So um, we already touched on this. Jacob Little, um, first try for the Dragons, and that just sparked the Dragons, and, and, and they, they got better as the game got on. We, we've been talking about this on the Red V podcast for a long time now, but the Dragons earned the right and built into that performance. And by the end of the game, they could have they could have run through, they could have run out of the stadium and kept running back up the um back up Mount Newsley. They they were they were that good. They had running in the legs, which is completely different to what we saw against the Sharks, where they you know they they died in the ass. And the Broncos, of course, we all know what happened there. But uh, a great performance, and they finished off um, as well as they started the game, which is very important. Yeah, look. That was probably my main main takeaway from that game. If you if you look at the two previous, where we fell off against the the Broncos and just got annihilated by the the Sharkies in, in the second halves, this game we, you know, we 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 didn't let our heads drop after letting in a try. We fought back, uh, very tight at halftime, and then put on you know twenty six points, four tries, five tries in the in the second half. We never in, in that second half really either stopped as well. We just kept going all the way. Like, there was no, okay, it's at the 70th minute, die off. It was like, no, nah, keep going, keep going. Yes, we did in, let in one late try, but it was a bit of brilliance there by the, the Dolphins as well. But, mate, very happy with the win, very happy with the way we played. Still keeping the fact that I said the Dolphins were weakened. Um, but it's a good confidence booster. And I think we, you know, don't get too ahead of ourselves. Like, you know, it's the greatest win of all time, but it's a great confidence booster going into uh, the game against the Titans. Very happy with the win. I was impressed too, and I've said this as well uh, previously, is is Ben Hunt w- was fantastic on the weekend, but it's not like he completely stole the show and he carried the whole team on his back throughout the 80 minutes. There was, uh, across the board, good performances. And they are, when they when they are winning games, they are spreading the love. And, and there's three, four, five guys um, in consideration for Dally end points every time they do get up. So to me, that that's impressive. We, we touched on this before, but Blake Laurie, he he is almost taking this personally this year. Um, and I know Jackie Clifton, this is his show. This is his baby um, for a long time. Um, and particularly, maybe some of it was warranted um, when the Dragons were getting pumped every week and not showing up and, you know, uh, front rower numbers were down. And uh, lots of the players caught the shellacking from, from all... Um, quarters, but Blake Laurie looks like he's taken this personally this year, and he is—he's becoming the leader of the Dragons pack, which is great to see. Hundred percent. You look at—he's uh, the only forward too to go over hundred meters, mm. which you know was a was a tight game. Um, the, you know, they're in the middle, and uh, I think you know that the, the, him getting in the interviews, he seems very confident as well. So that's bringing a lot of. He's bringing that back into that into the forward pack as well, and and like you said, becoming a leader. Like I'll say again, you know, one of my favourite players. So um, I'm loving what he's doing, and, and just hope he continues on. When you know, I don't know what when you say he's taking it personally. Like I'm, I'm not sure. Like 
maybe last year that like when when there were were losses, it, it gets thrown on the forward pack because of Ben Hunt. How good he you know he was standing up in in games that were losing anyway. So you know if they're not going forward, they they're getting a lot of the blame. So maybe he is. Maybe he's got to rocket up that ass and uh, just wants to you know go out and prove something, which hey we we love to see. So. Yeah, very excited to see what he can if he can keep this form up. I want to throw a curveball at you, um, and I know a lot of fans are. Um, I don't like dis- curveballs, mate. I'm a fastball type of guy. <laughs> uh, are hotly disputing or, or in um, conversation about the future of the number six role in the team. So Amon was, for all intents and purposes, the long-term future star at number six for the Dragons. There's still a court case ahead of him. There's still a, a, a big chance that he potentially, um, from all reports, is still facing um, jail time, and and that would end his time at the Dragons. I want to throw this in there. I saw a little bit earlier on the telly, which I've got on behind me here, that uh, a couple of different teams are in the race for one Jack Wyden. Would a Jack Wyden fit into this team? Um, And if he bought into it, what could he bring to the Dragons, specifically their offensive patterns and trying to bring along some of these these younger guys that are just going to get better by having another, you know, Australian representative in the team. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because do you bring in, you know, he oh, what is he 30, 30? Um, still got you know, easy five or six years ahead of him. So, mm. you know, do you bring in that and and potentially lose these younger players that you know? Oh, you know, I'm sure they're annoyed at the moment that they're not getting enough game time. If, they, if you bring in them, then they go, well, shit, I'm not going to get any more game time over the next few years and, and lose them. Um, but, you know, a player of his calibre coming in uh, would, would lift this team, like having Ben Hunt and Jack White in the halves and a player that as big as him can be pushed to centre, lock, play a variety of, of different positions. Mm. Um, the the calibre of that, you know, You'd have, you feel like you're looking at a potential, you know, uh, top four grand final appearance sort of areas, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to like I would never say no to it, but you just, you know, do you risk that incoming in not working, losing these younger players, and and losing some of the future? Um, if you're asking me, you know, would I would I like to see Jack White in there? Hundred percent. Um, I think I think you'd bring you know uh, plenty to, to the Dragons and and lift them. Hundred percent. So staying on with a, a, um, a moan here. So Sullivan, the, the club confirmed, was fit to play this weekend but could not force his way back into the 17, it appears. And Moses Umbai will keep his spot on the bench for now. But if Sullivan goes back now and, and kills him in New South Wales Cup, and you know and we're talking 200-plus metres, a couple of tries here, a try himself, whatever it might be, that's the expect, expectation of, of um, a potential superstar like that. To go back to the end of that level and and really kill him and demand to be picked again, that's a that's a perfect world scenario for Dragons fans, isn't it? Because then you've got Sullivan forcing his way back into the team on form to knock a guy out of the team who you know um, causes um, some discussion on whether is he in the Dragons' best seventeen if they want to play a certain kind of football, and that's Moses Umbai. So. That's a really good scenario for the Dragons, but it really comes down to how Sullivan reacts this weekend if he is playing New South Wales Cup, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I think he's old enough now that he knows, you know, that's what he needs to do. Like, he, he can't, you know, 
Uh, not saying he was sulking or anything like that, but, you know, when players, they don't get picked, they tend to, uh, younger players these days tend to sulk a bit and, and want out. And you heard these rumours about certain players and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think, you know, he's old enough now. He, he goes, right, this is what I need to do and go out and have a blinder. And that, 100% agree with you in saying that that's the perfect scenario for any fans of any footy team. If you've got guys competing for spots and they're going out and having blinders in the thing and you, you've got no choice not to, you know, pick them. So uh, that's what we want for almost every position. But um, for, for Bud, yeah, look, I hope he does. I hope he goes out, has a blinder. And, and then when we're talking about, you know, who's the 14 for, for the Dragons going forward. Um, I, I, I just burnt one of my fan questions for later. That was going to be from Curtis to uh, to Dino. But uh, no, good stuff. And, and um, you know, obviously... You're saying, you're saying you're a fan, eh, Curtis? A big fan, mate. Big fan. Yeah, <laughs> big fan. Um, by the way, by the way, just quietly, a little bit off topic, but uh, some might know that uh, you and I did some trial wrestling slash footy podcast last year. What did you think of uh, old Roman Reigns beating Cody Rhodes in the main event at WrestleMania? Oh, look, I, I actually don't. I actually don't mind that. Um, I'll say I said from the beginning, number uh, the night one looked better on paper than night two, yeah, night and it ended up being awesome. night one. I was like. Holy shit, like night two, we've still got night two to go, which is great about WrestleMania these days, the two nights or two days for us. But um, I was so pumped after that going, you know, we've got, you know, we've still got like the official main event of WrestleMania tomorrow. And it just seemed to be go real quick. And then it was, you, you know, Shane come out and did his knee and Snoop, he dropping elbows. And it was funny, <laughs> but it was like, oh, this isn't really like pumping you up for the main event. But mm. um, look, Roman winning, like, you know, extending his, his winning streak and he's been here three years. He's a main event of three WrestleManias. And um, look, I don't mind it, to be honest. Like, I thought the whole uh, Rhodes, Reigns um, and the storyline behind Rhodes with his dad and all that, I was like, it seemed too cliched for him to win. Mm. So to actually see Roman get, get the win was like, oh, okay, well, maybe we've got something else, um, you know, coming in the next in the next few months um, that could be big for both Reigns and Rhodes could be separate. Um, but yeah, look, I, I didn't mind it at all. I, overall the night, nah, not great, but the result at the end, no, nah, I didn't mind it. All right, let's move on now. It's episode 168 of the Red V podcast with Curtis Woodward filling in for Jack Clifton, who is, of course, overseas having a well-earned trip alongside the Rose Dean Messeter. Coming up next, round six match preview. It's the Dragons and the Titans on Sunday, 4 p.m., at Seabus Super Stadium. Ninth Plus. first tenth, if you don't mind, the Titans coming off a bye, they'll be fresh. But interestingly, no Kieran Foran and no AJ Brimson. And this is why I had the Titans as a smoky to slide into maybe eighth position at the end of the year. I am really loving what the Titans have been doing so far this year. That young Tanner Boyd in the halves has been awesome as well. And they seem to just have a really, really good forward pack and plenty of depth in the backs as well. They, they remind me a little bit of a like a Melbourne Storm pack, but um, later Melbourne Storm when, when Bellamy kind of took the shackles off and said, we need to start playing some football because the game's changing on us. So um, the, the first question up, obviously Foran and Brimson, um, you know, they are proven stars of the game. Brimson has represented Australia in nines and of course played state of origin Kieran Foran he, he's been playing for New Zealand for a thousand years so that they're out but to me the inclusions of Jaden Campbell and Sexton does that make the Titans more dangerous to a young Dragons team 
Uh, yeah, I, I think Jaden Campbell totally. Uh, he's a weapon. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how many minutes he's sort of been getting this year, but to see him start is uh, a bit nervous as a Dragons fan. As a footy mm. fan, it's very exciting, obviously. Um, but you know, yeah, as a Dragons fan, it's uh, I'm a bit scared about that. Toby Sexton, on the other hand, he's making his first start of the year, so uh, I'd be interested to see how he goes with with Tanner Boyd there. Um, and no. No Brimson, like he's a very explosive X Factor player. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think I have a feeling that they may struggle just a little. Bit. I know Sexton's been there for the uh, last couple of years uh, on and off, and um, but I just think maybe there might be some, you know, cohesion issues and things like that. First game for Jaden there at the number one and and Sexton as well. So well, that's what I'm hoping, really, to be honest. Mm. Um, hopefully, we can exploit it a bit, and um, you know our team unchanged, which is, which is great. So I think, you know, if we can try and exploit those, those changes for them and, and help nullify those explosive uh, forward pack of theirs, then, um, you know, we can, you know, hopefully come away with a W. If the Dragons do get out to a lead hypothetically in this game and, and they're killing them through the middle, they're, the forwards are offloading and they're, they're intense and they're physical and they're winning the ruck and getting those passes away and Little and Sloan and Hunt are released through the middle. Then you've got a moan on the back of that on one side of the field. And If the Dragons get out to a lead, knowing how the game is at the moment, how fast and intense it is, like a, a side like the Broncos the other night against the West Tigers, they could clock off at 28 nil and say, there's no way we're losing this game. And they kind of took the, fe- uh, the foot off the pedal, if not turned the car off. Can the Dragons afford to do that? Or do the Dragons, for their own mindset, need to go out and, and put 40 or 50 on. And if they do do that and get well ahead and keep the, the foot on the throat, how does Moses Umbo get on the field? Maybe a, a floating middle third or something like that? Because I, I can't see in my head with my coach's hat on, if the Dragons are winning the ruck and they're scoring points through the middle of the field, it's going to come from Little, it's going to come from guys like that, and Sloan will take advantage of that. How can you How can you take him off the field? This is why I mentioned it before as well, like why I think we said it would be such a hook move to do is to start Moses Zembai and then bring Little on, mm. um, you know, and maybe he's thinking the reverse, bring um, Moses on, you know, just have these forwards go bang, bang, bring Little on for some impact in that final 20. But to be honest, I don't think you can uh, you can afford to do that either. I, I think Little needs to start and play some big minutes, uh, if not all the all that first half. And you know we, we need him to, to make those opportunities and and um, and find find the areas where we can break the line. It's it's going to be an interesting forward battle this one. Um, you know, like I said, their, their forward pack's very very big. But yeah, with Mozimbai coming on when he comes on, you know, if he starts, I, I I don't know. They'd have to be a lot in front for him to yeah come on too early in my mind. But again, like you said, you can't clock off, can you? So this. A lot of points could be in this game, like you said before, mm. as well. So you, you don't want to, you know, even twenty in front. You know, <laughs> five minutes it could be. Oh shit, we're, you know, there's a try in this. So um, yeah, we'll we'll be interested to see how that how he plays uh, Little and and Mozembe on on Sunday. Uh, Ravalawa and Jack DeBellin free to play. They took fines after being charged. They're fine to play. And a big story coming out of England for our English listeners. I'm sure there's plenty of them out there in the uh, rugby league universe. And if the Titans didn't have enough, you know, small, skillful men running around on the paddock, they've got a, a guy that's just come over this week 
from the Leeds Rhinos. He's a halfback, uh, and his name is Cruz Leeming. Uh, he's on the extended bench for the Gold Coast Titans. He may not play this week just to uh, get him uh, around the club. He, we might see him in a couple of weeks. But uh, another one from England, he's uh, actually 27, and he's been around the Super League a long time. He, he spent many years at Huddersfield as well. So good luck to him when he does get on the field. If it's not this week, it'll be in the next couple of weeks. Let's get to it. Um, prediction, mate, and, and who's your man of the match, and why do the Dragons win? I think this, you know, I've seen, we saw uh, the Sharks and Warriors, uh, what was it, 62 points. We saw the the Manly and Knights, 64 points. I think this could be one of those games where it's 32-28 to, to the Dragons. Uh, I, I'm picking a Dragons win. I think they'll take the confidence from the game before, but I think it's a very high-scoring game. Uh, plenty of points in it, but it's still close at the end. Uh, I don't think you can rule rule anyone out here. Um and man of the match, look, we talked about him, uh, what, he, what he said last week, and I thought he, he came out and had a bit of a, uh, not a blinder, but like a, a solid game in the center spot. And that's, um, oh, he's, no, he's there. Yeah, Moses Suley. Mm. Um, I think he's going to he's gonna stand up in this game and, you know, uh, get on, you know, one to two tries, I think. I think he stands up and has a massive game and he would be my... Smokey's man of the match in this one. Yeah, from a from a neutral perspective and just from a performance, um, from looking at it from a performance angle, I, I don't... To me, at this point with the Dragons and how yo-yo-ish they are and up and down and, and they're obviously playing on confidence when, when everything is going their way, I, I don't care about the score as much, but I, I know or I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I just want to see 80 minutes. And, and if they play for 80 minutes, they win on Sunday. That's the most important thing. They've got to keep building because next week, there's always a next week in rugby league. So to me, that's that's very, very important. I, I think they, they they just need to play for that 80 minutes. And if they do, they're, they're generally going to win games. I think they are better than what some pundits thought they were going to be, myself included. But I also, at the same time, was saying that they've got some of the best young kids in the competition that just need to be developed and I think this is their time. I think we're seeing it. And we're, there's still going to be weeks where they're down and they're going to lose games that they probably should have won. And there's going to be other weeks where they win 46-30. Um, reminds me a little bit of um, a, a team in 2005 that came from nowhere to, to win the premiership. So who knows? Let's just see 80 minutes from the Dragons on Sunday. And I think... I'm, I'm with you there. Sorry. I just want to interrupt yeah. real quick. Only because of the eight, eight, you're talking about 80 minutes. What I also want to see from them is... If they get up, like you said, if they get up by eighteen nil or twenty nil or something like that, not to you know take the take the uh, foot off the pedal, you know, just mm-hmm. keep it going. That's what I want to see. So if that's the situation, mm-hmm. I want to see that going. If they drop behind, also eighteen points, I don't want to see them get their heads down because this is a type of game. It'll be a it'll be a Warrior Sharks game. You could be twenty in front and still lose this game. So um, yeah, this like I said, there'll be hopefully there'll be plenty of points. And all I want to see is whether they're behind or in front, to not change their mindset of, of finishing that game and playing that full 80 minutes. All right, we are almost done. We are running through this, Dino. Um, we'll get to fan questions in a second, but don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. And uh, you can follow us all there for the, the latest news. on. And the boys do a great job during the week um, sharing news and, and engaging the fans with conversations and stuff like that. So... Please, if you haven't, if you are listening to the Red Bee podcast for the first time, get on those social media channels and like them. You're listening to Curtis Woodward 
And Dean Messeter on episode 168 of the Red V podcast, filling in for Jack Clifton, who is overseas and will be back in a few weeks. Let's get to fan questions, Dino. Uh, first one comes from Ben. Uh, speaking of Moses Suli, Moses Suli continues to be one of the most damaging ball runners in the team, but has zero passing game. The question still remains if he would be more effective as an edge and to bring in a genuinely creative center, most likely Max Finner. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, I don't know if we, you know, bring him in. I don't mind the idea of bringing him into, a, you know, playing that second row on the edge and uh, having a bit more impact there. But, you know, who, you, Jaden Sewell is there at the moment. And uh, like we said, he's playing good football. So you're not going to switch sides either. So I don't know where you'd fit him in at the moment. I think that, you know, definitely just his, his best position there. And, um, you know, if we're down a few troops and, uh, we need we need a second role. Maybe shift him over, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. It's a great question. It's a great thought of, you know, moving him in. But I think at the moment, just leave him there. Let him, let him and uh, Sewer get a bit of a combo there, and hopefully get some tries between them. And don't need that passing game. Yeah, and no, I think too much in rugby league, we we try to change players as well rather than try to uh, embrace the player they are and let them reach their full potential in the position they are in. Suli, I think between the ears as well, is is still finding his game as well. And I think I've said before on this podcast as well, his defensive outlay would have to be much higher in defense, which then affects his decisions under fatigue with the football as well. And, um, I mean, if he doesn't have a passing game to start with, then it kind of takes away from his running game. So it's still a good question, and and I'm sure Dragons fans will continue to continue to, uh, to ask questions like that because there is potential for him maybe later in his career to, to move in a spot. Next question from Trent. Hey, boys, with the return of uh, Junior last week, as in uh, Amon, last week, should we see Sullivan retain his sixth jumper, or would you like to see Sullivan go back to the 14 role and play in the middle when Little comes off? I guess we kind of spoke about this before. The the best 17 for the Dragons, if, hypothetically, you know they win the next three or four weeks and go on a winning run, what is the best 17? And, and it, I guess, again, like we said before, it all depends. Depends on Sullivan's bounce back and and how he reacts to to not being able to make the, the team. Um, I don't I don't know who the Dragons have got in in the reserve grade this week, but look, I think it's a game they'll be tuning in to watch because I'm really interested to see like we spoke about how he's going to um, you know handle this. And yeah, look, personally, I would love to see him in that fourteen. Um, in back there, or, you know, even him and him and Amone, what 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 they do in the six and, and the fourteen, but um, I, I definitely think he's in our best seventeen, and, and would love to see him back. And hopefully, we get to see a, a great performance this week, like we touched on, and uh, getting getting back in that seventeen. Next question comes from Simone. Hi boys, Lomax's success rate with the boot is way down, sixty three percent versus seventy seven percent career average. His kicks have not looked great either. Should we be concerned that his missed kicks? could cost us in a close game. Noting we have Jamie Soward on the coaching staff, would you expect him um, to offer more help? Well, I think for reference, Lomax kicked five from seven on the weekend, but absolutely agree with Simone's point, is that uh, I would hate to see the Dragons, when it is such an important part of the game, go down in a must-win game or a finals match because Lomax has a shocker, which seems to, to happen a fair bit. Yeah, I remember there was, I don't think it was last last week or the week before, there was a kick that seemed to be like pretty straightforward. It wasn't right on the sideline. It was about, it was about 10, 10, 15 in. Looking at it, it was like, 
that's you know Lomax he, he should get this and and he's just when he's kicked it his kicks just stay straight too don't they they don't mm. they don't curve around they're just straight and as soon as he kicks it you're like oh this is off and he was dirty with himself and I'm like again I think I think I said last week where you know he's a confidence player if he comes out and misses you know an, an easier one or easyish one uh, early on it, it affects his confidence and. Um, you know whether or not he's slotting them on the sideline from then after depends on those first couple of kicks. So, uh, but yeah, look, if Howard's there, I I would also all automatically assume that he is helping with mm. with kicking already. And if he's not, he, he should be. Um, uh, you know, Howard was one of the one of the great kickers for us. So, um, I, w- I would hate to think that he's there on the coaching staff not helping him already. So. I think it's just a bit of a confidence thing for him. If he misses a couple early, he's he's uh, not that great. And when when he does, he he would be five from seven last week. So um, I, I don't think it's that big of an issue at the moment. Uh, wait and see. It's early in the season. Um, I think there's another Michael here. No, there's only one Michael. Michael says, yes, we need to embrace the Dragons' history, but also the Steelers. Why don't the why doesn't the club? Sorry. Can, um, or offer their away or alternate jersey as the old Steelers jersey, particularly at home games in Wollongong, or at least use it occasionally on the road. I, I'm a Dragons fan, and I was Dragons before the merger, but I 100% agree with this. I've seen it. I don't know why every game in Wollongong is not played with the Steelers strip. I love the red, even, you know, like I said, as a, as a Red V fan. Love the all red ones. Uh, there's something about them that just. I always felt when we used them, when the, when we had the merger, we had an alternative. I always felt like there was a sense of um, just in, you know embracing the history and shit. We're going to win today. Always mm. had that feel like you know. I never had a doubt when we were in the red. I was like, always felt like it was like we're the red, we win. Mm. Uh, I'm sure the stats don't back it up, but it's just that feeling. And I think. You know, we've got we have to embrace both, both sides and and um, need to wear this a lot more. I wouldn't say every away game, but every game in Wollongong we have should be the uh, should be the all red, and then you know a couple of maybe we have an all red magic round one, or you know every year we have an Anzac, which is the the dragon strip. Maybe we have a Steelers strip for Anzac Day one year. I know the the game is was you know Roosters versus Dragons, but. Um, maybe we, you know, allow them to have that as well. I think would be a great touch. I, I will disagree with you a little bit there, and it's not often I, I will well, on this podcast anyway because it's been hard to do with some of the decisions off field. But from a branding exercise, I think that Dragons Red V is one of the most powerful uh, marketing tools in rugby league. It just hasn't been used very well, and and that comes with winning games of football too. So. I wouldn't go as far as saying every single game of Wollongong because that I think that would split the fans again, which Dragons don't need. But yeah, definitely some of the some of the alternative strips I've seen from the Dragons the last couple of years, it's kind of like they're they're like, well, how many different versions or how many different styles have we got left to go through here without actually just using the Steelers strip as an alternate? And you can you can play it, you know, take it to Melbourne in it, take it to the, the to Townsville or the Warriors or whatever. But I. I think that would sell like hotcakes, and I think a lot of people would get behind it. So, good question there. And and final one this week on episode 168 of the Red V podcast comes from Herb. Uh, he says, with Sua likely at injured, now he has been named, but we uh, it's still a, a good question. And so I guess it becomes a bit of a hypothetical. 
who should replace him on the edge? For mine, the easy option is to move Bird, but I'd like to see him stay in the middle where he has been playing well. Weaken an area to strengthen another won't work for the Dragons in 2023, and I agree. I think in previous years, the Dragons kind of stopgap moves and kind of, you know, they, they move guys around the, 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 the positional field like a, a bit like a, a chess game without you know, actually acknowledging that guys are playing really good bloody football. So, yeah, the questionnaire, where, where would you play Jack Bird if and when Jaden Sue is ruled out this week or in, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think I agree with Herb, and I think I've interacted uh, with Herb on, on Twitter this week. If it's the same Herb, mate, um, good on you, Herb. work and, uh, and, yeah, get into me a bit more. Um, but, yeah, look, I agree with him. 100 saying that, um, you know, you don't want to uh, weaken one area to, to strengthen another. So I think, and Bird's been playing some really good football there. And the issue we had with him last year was kept on swapping him, you know, playing him in different things, different different spots. And I think just keep him there. He's playing good footy uh, until he starts, you know, not just keep him there. We've got um, Jack DeBellin back, um, a, a guy that, you know, fits in the middle there, but, you know, play him on the edge as well. So, uh Look, I think if Sewell was to go down injured, even uh, going back to the question with Trent, no, Ben mentioned Moses Suley. That's an mm. option. You know, mm. you could you could move him in uh, and bring some of these younger younger guys up as well. So I think we've got a few options. Me personally, keep Bird where he is. I'd probably move Jack Bellon, uh, Jack DeBellon into that uh, uh, the edge uh, and whether we bring someone else in to fill in the middle um, if, if it doesn't work out and you can move Jack back out there. So... Uh, I would I would do that. Keep Jack where he is, and um, look at some of the other options we've got on the bench there to to cover. You know what's funny? I, I just realised this too. Is that um, as the Dragons continue to find their feet and and start becoming a, a winning football team, compared to some of the podcasts I've been on last year, is that it, it's not necessarily filling the the time on on the podcast necessarily saying oh well you know we need to change the team because we're losing and you know we're desperate and. I'm saying we now. Um, the Dragons <laughs> are desperate. Um, you know, we, we need to, you know, do this and do that. There needs to be wholesale changes. Now the conversation is we, we, there's so many players playing well is that they're almost hypotheticals, but the best case scenario is, well, you know, it can be a hypothetical because the players are doing a good job. So that's, to me, that's a really good sign that the Dragons are actually, you know, and, and it might be two steps forward, two steps back because, like I said before, it is a, a young team. But uh, I, I think there's some really positives there um, this year, particularly some of the questions from the fans. Yeah, look, we're only five rounds in. We've still got plenty of football to, to play out. We're still going to go through the origin period and mm. and things like that. So, um, yeah, don't, uh, you know, I think we I probably were a little bit negative last week. Um, that was fair. If you look, look back on it. But, yeah, it was fair. So it's great to be positive this week. But in saying that, it's like, yeah, every Dragon fans will agree with me, you know. Like, you can be positive, but you still got that doubt in your mind about, you know, what's going to happen. So, um, hopefully we get to see some of these players that, you know, are shining in spots and we start putting together some, some real good team performances. That's that's what I want to see. Like that, you spoke about the 80 minutes. I want them to start well, keep it going, don't give up. All right, we've come to that time of the night. I think we've... Uh, we've... Um, dotted all the I's and crossed the T's and ticked the boxes. And this week, I will actually announce the Who Am I, unlike last week. Uh, Dean, did you, whether you, you Googled or not, have you got an answer for me on the Who Am I this week? 
No, I'm totally, I'm totally lost. This this will be a real. I know these are really niche players too. Like, there's no, um, you know, there's no automatic ones that come straight to mind with these ones. They're mm. very, very good. Uh, but no, I didn't even cheat. I didn't do nothing, and I won't even have a stab. I won't even embarrass myself. <laughs> well, I've, I, you know what? Uh, to me, this guy, I think Steelers fans, and so he he was a Steeler. Um, they they would have some fond memories of him, particularly, you know, fans that watched the game closely down at Wollongong in the late 90s. So we said he, he played a tick over 40 first-grade games. 99% of them were on the wing, and he got a start one day at 5'8". And I remember actually seeing him as a young Magpies fan in Campbelltown. Uh, so it was Wayne Clifford. He's the answer this week for who am I. Wayne Clifford, he couldn't get a start in that drag, Dragons 99 squad, which I thought was a bit of a shame because he played pretty good football on the wing. But I actually remember him, and I can't find it on YouTube, but it was blowing a gale at the old Arana Park. And Wayne Clifford was actually playing for the Steelers that day. And I'm pretty sure it was him. The Magpies kicked off, and for some reason, they tried to kick it as high as they could into the teeth of the, the wind. And the ball actually blew back over the Magpies' heads, back into their half of football. And I think it was Wayne Clifford was the first man on the spot to pick it up. So uh, underrated player, but that is our Who Am I for this week, Wayne Clifford. Um, I looked him up. Uh, what do you have? Yeah, 40, 41 games, 19 wins, 19 losses, three draws. Pretty good. Yeah, 20 ties. Pretty pretty good strike rate, to be mm. honest. Um, and he didn't continue did playing on anywhere, so I assume he just played locally or something like that. But uh, he was pretty yeah, young yeah. as well. Forty ga- Yeah, 40 games on the wing. Mm-hmm. 20 tries and uh, one game at 5'8 for undefeated as a 5'8. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Who'd they play? South Queensland. Oh, that would have been a game that stopped the nation. 34'8. So obviously, you know, he was there and set up about three or four tries, I'm guessing. Oh, but yeah, I'm then sure got was... dumped. He could have been like uh, Brad Hodge, you know, score 200, then get dumped the next game. <laughs> I'm sure he tells that story a lot if he uh, does frequent his local pub. Uh, Dean Messeter, thank you so much. Uh, the man from The Roast, the man behind all that genius on social media. Any plans for this this, this week, Dean? Anything big happening in uh, your part of the world, football-wise? No, mate, I'm going to sit back and uh, Easter's, you know, always hectic. Five days of footy we've mm. got this week, Thursday through to Monday. So, although Monday with, uh, what is it, Tigers, Eels, yeah, uh, bottom of the table clash. Uh, who cares about that? Yeah. Well, I'll just say real quickly, with, with this... I, Love it that we've got um, Sunday night footy, mm. but that wait until four o'clock on a Sunday, especially last weekend, we had the clocks turned back. You're up early because your body clocks up, and to wait till four o'clock for footy, I need that two o'clock game. Yeah, yeah. just uh, yeah. As much as I still love that Sunday night footy with no work the next day, it's a public holiday, works well with TV. You probably go to the pub and enjoy a few beers, have the footy on the background. But man, that wait until two, four o'clock is absolutely hard. But yeah. Five days of footy, mate. I'll be doing that. And then I'm heading to the Royal Easter Show for the very first time. My kids have been before. But Beautiful. I'm, uh, first time I'm going, I'll take the kids and um, enjoy a day out at the Royal Easter Show, mate. Good stuff, mate. Thank you. Dean Messeter from the Rugby League Rose, a, a massive Dragons fan. And obviously, just like you guys out there in Rugby League world, he's a very happy man this week. Thank you, Dino. Thank you, Curtis. Talk next week, mate. On behalf of Dean Messeter, I have been Curtis Woodward. And in the words of Jack Clifton, let's go those mighty dragons. Sports Social Podcast Network.